0: Hi everyone, this is Jim Lucy, Editor-in-Chief for Electrical Wholesale and Electrical Marketing with another one of our series of EW Insight podcasts. i uh, have got some special guests today on for our podcast, uh, folks from Idea. We've got David Oldfather, the CEO and President, and Mike Wentz, Vice President of Sales and Marketing. We always like to start off our podcast with giving our... Guest a chance to tell us a little bit about their career in the electrical industry, and we'll swing into a number of questions about some of the different projects they've been working on to IDEA. Uh, David, I'm going to give you a, you can bat lead off for us. Why don't you tell us a little bit about your background
1: in the electrical market? Okay. Thanks, Jim. Um, I started my electrical career at Tri-State Electrical Supply. That's out of uh, Hagerstown, Maryland. We were, uh, in five states, um, traded in five states and we're about, uh, 220 million in sales. Uh, we sold to Hagemeyer in 99. And, uh, so I moved over to Hagemeyer and I oversaw what they called their contractor and installer division, which is construction side. And there we were, uh, probably about 60 counters and we did uh, over 300 uh, million in, in sales. Um, From there, I I left them in 2003 and went to uh, affiliated distributors where I oversaw the U.S. and Canadian divisions. And I did that for almost 10 years until the spring of 2013. Um, Having left AD, I became a part owner of Jigsaw Systems, Inc. And that's a it was an information system technology company that was founded by Mark McGredy. Uh, until we sold that to SPA, now Sparks IQ in 2019. Um, just real quick, prior to that, uh, I actually taught at the college level. I was an assistant professor at, uh, Indiana University Northwest. I worked for a couple of banks, uh, near, uh, Washington DC prior to my becoming, uh, moving into the electrical. Uh, field and then I started and sold a marketing company. It was called Three Marketeers. And of course, that was a takeoff of Three Musketeers. So that's uh, that's my background in a fairly long nutshell. Yeah.
0: I, I have to I have to say I have a very fond memory of uh, Tri-State as a young cub reporter early 1980s. Uh, was invited uh, John Walserdorf invited me down to. See their new what at the time with a fairly new uh, system of regional warehousing, but I remember they had a uh, it was a counter day with night, but I I remember uh, they had in, you'd invited Johnny United there, and I was just so in awe of seeing Johnny Uniteds sitting talking with customers and all, and I was just a very shy guy and still on my guest, but uh, I thought that was pretty cool, but I'll, I'll always remember that and certainly I have very fond uh, memories of your every of your father. He was one of my uh, mentors in the business for sure. All right, Michael, how about you? Give us a little bit about some of your background in the business. I'd like to hear, and I know our audience would as well.
2: Well, sure jim i it's hard to imagine but i think this is actually the beginning of my 40th year in the electrical space um i started off in in technology working for an erp system company uh software company that specialized in automating electrical distributors and of course that was way back in the days when a lot of companies uh didn't even have in-house computers but uh You know, I started off working uh, in that company and spent about 15 years there. The company ended up being known and owned by Trade Service, so it was Trade Service Systems. Uh, Then I moved to uh, another company through an acquisition when we were acquired by um, what is now known as Epicor and spent a number of years working and leading uh, some of the teams there inside sales marketing uh, for the Eclipse products and the Profit 21 products. Uh, came to IDEA about 12 years ago and uh, have been here uh, working with IDEA and trying to uh, assist the uh, growth and, and development of IDEA. Uh, did an early retirement that didn't work out so well. Got, got a little bit bored and decided to come back when Dave Oldfather uh, was named CEO of IDEA. So, real happy to be back and um, really enjoy you know working here and working within the channel for all these 40 years. That's awesome. That's quite
0: a, that's a, between the two of you. And, and I know the other folks Idea as well. There's a lot of, a uh, ton of industry experience uh, on the idea team there for sure. But you know, David, as I as particularly, I, as I was as I was looking at, you know, you're thinking of your background, tri-state, Hagemire, AD, and then, uh, then on to Jigsaw, certainly uh, marketing and, and uh, teaching as well. But it just seems like it's a, a really interesting package of experience that you bring to idea for where you uh, might want to take it. How, um, how is how how do you think it positioned you as as you got ready to take it on and how how was you how how been able to uh, kind of reach back for some of the experiences and you know relationships I would think too for uh, you know, in your background in the business
1: Yeah, the, uh, the relationships have helped. There's no question. Um, when I joined a Idea, um, it was in uh, actually February 18th was my start date. And, uh, and uh, of course, we had to leave the premises in March, so it, it wasn't <laughs> long in corporate, but it became uh, fairly apparent early on that we needed to repair, uh, IDEA needed to repair a number of relationships with our uh, constituents. Uh, we needed to reestablish trust in our management team. And I think we had to clearly uh, define and rearticulate our mission. So, having been in these various industry uh, positions and capacities, first as a distributor, then with AD working between distributors and manufacturers, and then with Jigsaw Systems actually working for and with manufacturers, I got to meet uh, a number of people at various uh, companies and at multiple levels. And so I think like like probably all of us, the relationships I've formed um, certainly have helped me open some doors, uh, and I've been able to uh, gain access to an audience that we might otherwise have access to, all because of uh, not quite 40 years. I think I'm closer to 30 years in, in the business.
0: You might think of the timing there, as you mentioned, of the office having to go quickly to a uh, virtual office mode. But even though you know you, you were able to uh, launch that idea connector in the middle of all that, and kind of really right in the teeth of the storm, how was your team able to do that?
1: Well, it, it certainly helps. Uh, that idea has a group of incredibly talented, uh, dedicated people Um I guess I want to take us back, although none of us wants to go back uh, to March where uh, things were getting to be uh, pretty ominous. Uh, travel restrictions were actually uh, put in place and stay in place orders were coming to effect. So uh, our VP of product and services, Bill Ferguson and his team really had to wrestle uh, with three options. They either delay the project, uh, attempt to run parallel systems, or stay on schedule. And the the first two, uh, if we delayed any further, we would have uh, lost uh, probably faith in the electric industry. I think it was, Mike can testify to this, but it was probably four or five years while we were trying to move from IDW to connector. Mm-hmm. And if we tried to run parallel, well, you don't wanna run parallel systems for too long. And we didn't know how long the pandemic would last. So that left, uh, you know, really, uh, rolling over virtually. And so if you're going to do a virtual rollover, um, you got three other things you got to worry about. Uh, you got to, do we assemble the full team on site? Do we try it with a partial team? Or do we do it, to go, try to go live virtually? And of course, if you have your full team there and there are travel restrictions, you've got difficulties and the risk, uh, was, Deemed to be unacceptable that people could get sick, and that doesn't really help when you assemble a partial team, because obviously you want to have your your uh, skilled senior people during a rollover uh, all together uh, to be able to triage anything that occurs. So uh, you still have the same travel difficulties and the same risks for people getting sick uh, and uh, not only giving it to each other but taking it home. So we opted to go virtual. And uh, we went to the board, and the board, when uh, Bill Ferguson and his team, when he laid out the plan and the precautions we'd take, uh, we had the full board support. And so uh, none of us had ever done a uh, rollover of a project this size virtually, uh, but we managed, uh, fortunately, to pull it off. That um, it,
0: it is amazing. And, and, and when I think back, is just a, sort of my own perspective as an outside observer. You know, I mean, the data warehouse, it, it was really something that very few distribution ba- based industries really had attempted to do. So it was, it's, it's always been kind of quite an achievement in, in its own right, I think. And the fact that you were able to transmission that over that kind of environment is impressive indeed. Um, you know, so obviously, that's a big these big chunk of what you offer the uh, industry and all the, uh, the, the idea of a- accurate data that manufacturers can, can, can control the, you know, the everything, all the, uh, the various data points uh, in, in that for their and package it for their uh, distributors, other users of. So certainly, you know, another big piece of what you've always offer idea is the uh, idea exchange and the idea exchange, the EDI documents, such a key offering. Uh, why do you give Bring our, our listeners up to date on where you see Idea Exchange going uh, and how it might evolve over the next couple of years.
1: Sure. Uh, and I don't want to dominate, so um, Mike, if uh, you would like to take this one, that would be great. This question.
2: Sure. Yeah, and and a little follow up or just emphasizing one of the points that that David made was, you know, Idea was one of the early companies to adopt more of a virtual company approach, and uh, so we were able to use that experience. I think this past year. To really to our advantage, and, mm-hmm. and we got a lot more done than than certain companies that maybe had never had that experience. Mm-hmm. But regarding exchange specifically, mm-hmm. um, you know, we've seen I guess the last three four months we've had some of our heaviest months of EDI traffic that we've seen in the history of the business.
0: Wow.
2: Uh, the pandemic has certainly contributed to that. Uh, more and more companies, more and more transaction types. Are coming through, and uh there's of course a great push to digitize everything uh you know the pandemic i think mm-hmm. accelerated a lot of that, but uh we do see some changes coming i you know we've even before the pandemic we're anticipating a shortage of eDI experience in the channel and uh so we started offering outsourced managed services to fill that gap for manufacturers and distributors uh you know eDI is a very mature and stable technology uh but it still today provides a lot of uh security it's you know it's very accurate allows the order to cash process to be really efficient Mm -hmm. and uh so now we're offering more and more services and even uh starting to do some mapping and testing on demand where it's just uh you know a a project base where Mm -hmm. uh you know, we can we can provide that service now as opposed to doing full outsourced where it's ongoing. This is kind of on demand as we need it. Oh.
0: I, I was – now, was that under your package that you have uh, built on website? Is it a new pro data services type of – I that kind of I'm just looking at some of the different packages that you do offer there? I, I, I always find that to be uh, probably one of the most interesting parts of idea. You know, you've got – so you've always had the uh, power users, the people that are the uh, – early adopters they're out there they're trying it they're, they've been on board forever but and i maybe some of this is a marketing equation certainly a training as you mentioned but but how do you bring along uh, some of the some of the companies out there that aren't as uh, – maybe they've through turnover maybe through retirement but as you mentioned just people needing the skills is it, it seems like you've kind of designed a package of services and uh, implementing some training to help uh help those the other folks along too
2: yeah, we're, we certainly did, Jim, at the beginning of the year. And I'd agree with you, um, you know, power users have always been associated with IDEA. But at the beginning of the year, we introduced uh, Data Pro services to supplement our support services. Uh, a lot of technology companies offer, you know, uh, answering of questions on how to do something. But we're now fully engaged in delivering services that uh, where the customer, the distributor manufacturer, wants us actually to perform the task to offload them. So if it has to do with, uh, you know, organizing their data or data loading, those kind of jobs uh, that they're having trouble keeping up with internally, uh, we can do that at IDEA now and offer very attractive rates, uh, rates that are so low that I think in some organizations it would be hard to uh, say that you could do it any cheaper in-house. And uh, we've seen a lot of demand for that. And uh, you know, I mean, idea the electrical district, electrical industry in general was had a lot of foresight, creating idea to serve the channel. And um, you know, you mentioned this earlier. We we were one of the earliest to try to accomplish a central repository. And of course, now everything is moving more towards enriched content and enriched catalog content. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we've evolved over the years, and just like our services are evolving, you know, the content we deliver has grown dramatically.
0: One of the other areas I definitely wanted to cover in our chat today is, uh, you know – Idea has always been front and center with, uh, industry standards. And I just wanted to kind of get, give our readers a, a sense or readers or our listeners. still old, old time magazine guy when I say our, our read, but certainly both are both readers and listeners. But yeah, just wanted to kind of get an, an idea on how ideas focused on uh, standards leadership has evolved. I was listening to an, uh, webcast that you and, uh, you and David had done uh, back in October. And you talked about that you have a renewed focus on standards leadership. Uh, why don't you take our listeners through that a bit and so they can get a, get a sense of where ideas headed in the standards area?
1: Yeah, thanks, Jim. Uh, uh, you used the term evolved, and I think that's a kindness. Um, uh, and the reason I say that just uh, candidly is I think there's been some confusion about uh, ideas position. Uh, regarding standards, uh, probably for the last 12 to 18 months, maybe two years. Um, there's no question that for a brief period, uh, I was on the outside looking in, uh, during the brief period in the latter half of 2019, it appeared that uh, IDEA made the decision to pull away from its role uh, serving as the standards body and to settle into a more participatory role Um to me, that's a little ironic since I've come to find out that during roughly that same period, NEMA uh, and later the board, the IDEA board, was sponsoring uh, the Product Data Standards Task Force uh, and they wanted to address the electrical industry's concern that IDEA wasn't adequately responding to the electrical industry's need for a rigorous and reliable set of data standards. So in my experience um, as a distributor at AD and working with Jigsaw, distributors, uh, they both want and need clean, structured, quality data. And they need data that they can load into their e-commerce sites with as little handling or manipulation as possible. So given the need, it seems illogical and, and, and somewhat self-defeating uh, to attempt to be a single source of high-quality commercial grade data mm-hmm. without also assuming a leadership position in setting, facilitating, and monitoring data standards. Mm-hmm. So we've recommitted ourselves to serving as the standards body uh, for the electoral industry. And it's it's going to take us some time to get there, uh, but everyone within Idea and the board mm-hmm. agree that this is where we need to be. Mm-hmm.
0: I'm curious. Also, there's been a lot of uh, talk in the industry or I've seen, I've seen a lot of releases and various uh, talk about e- ETIM and about what they're doing in the arena. I'm curious how you work with them. I want you to give us a little insight into that relationship.
1: Sure. Uh, uh, and, you know, if you're in Europe, I think it's ATIM. And if you're in the uh, United States, it's ETIM. So you know, <laughs> we live here. Uh, I'm going to use ETIM. But when uh, upon my arrival at idea, uh I actually reached out to the president of uh, ETIM International, mm-hmm. and uh, I needed to because I needed to reaffirm our, our support of their mission and their classification system. And in calling them, I also offered to co-sponsor ETIM-NA along with DDS. Mm-hmm. And, and I want to uh, thank DDS for stepping up and supporting ETIM in, in ideas absence. Um, I now serve, as a result of that call and speaking with uh, DDS, I now serve on the ETEM na board, and I'm chair of the electrical uh, section or segment uh, for EDM-NA. We're also, uh, amplifying this a little bit further, we're also committed to helping to promote ETEM in in North America, and we actively serve on their product expert group. That is, uh, working to translate the ETIM classification system into North American nomenclature. And this is done under Mary Shaw, mm-hmm. who used to be with IDEA. So we're very supportive of, uh, Mary and, and ETIM's effort in the U.S. Mm-hmm. and Canada.
0: Yeah, one of the things I've always been interested with IDEA and, and really the whole electrical market, you know, the use of electrical data, or excuse me, electronic data in the whole uh, channel. Uh, do you ever see down the road where IDEA might have more direct contact with end users? You know, and particularly, I'm looking at the various contractor estimating systems and seeing what type of uh, relationship you could per, perhaps have uh, down the road with them.
2: Thanks, Jim. We actually started uh, working with contractors through one of our partners several years ago because we knew that there was value in getting, um, you know, the content that comes from the source, from the manufacturers, directly to the field for the estimating system. So uh, idea content is available. Mostly the transactional content is available uh, through our partner Electric Smart. So the estimating systems that, uh, you know, are trying to prepare those takeoffs and those quotes, have access to to the source data coming right from IDEA. Um, We also provide content to a number of the e-commerce platforms today on behalf of our authorized distributors that request us to do that. And um, we also have been for many years really focused on the gradual adoption of BIM in North America, Uh, We really anticipate playing a role in providing content for the architects and the specifiers as this initiative matures. Um, You know, the industry really has always had a philosophy that there should be one version of the truth Mm -hmm. and that the whole channel should be synchronized. And, you know, what better way to do that than than having all of those um, end users getting their content from IDEA? That, that
0: that really tees up uh, just what I wanted to get into in my next question and that's the whole idea of the e-commerce uh, in the electrical business and specifically with some the distributors with their online storefronts uh, you know, we all know that, you know, it seems to have been a very gradual adoption that distributors are getting more and more ready to conduct business online so that they compete with other online sources of electrical products. Uh, how would you say that Idea Suite of Business Solutions has evolved to help them in this? I, I know it's, for quite some time you've had an interest in rich data content, but are there um, other things that, that you do provide and really almost would would you be able to offer some tips on distributors that are, think, are planning to really reinvest in their online storefronts and What can IDEA provide for them?
1: Well, um, let me take the first half, and I'll let Mike take the second half of that. Um, If you you look back at IDEA's inception, that was back in 1998, we have evolved, and I'll use evolved this time, uh, from basically facilitating, to your point, transactional data to facilitating the exchange of complete, high-quality, I'd say commercial-grade e-commerce content, Mm -hmm. and with that comes the addition of numerous uh, additional attributes and fields. So we're now, in, in addition, I mean, it's not just product content. We're looking at 360-degree images. We're looking at multiple image sizes. Uh, we are able to handle training in installation videos, certifications such as uh, UL, Canadian CSA, and Prop 65, uh, because everyone's becoming more international, we're doing international harmonization codes for exports. We can handle foreign languages. Uh, marketing blurbs and keywords are also very important. So if you look at it with with ideas conversion from the IDW to the ID connector, we're now able to handle all of this. Uh, we can handle well over 500 attributes and fields, and it's probably – uh, it's probably infinite, but right now it's uh, over 500. And I know you asked the second half of that question about th- what tips could we give. And Mike's, uh, I think, well qualified to, to handle that half of your question.
2: <laughs> yeah, and I've, I've seen it up close, uh, having spent uh, a year with Insight um, this past year, uh, which is a e-commerce platform provider. Um, and... You know the the distributor is looking for more and more capabilities with their e-commerce systems and one of the keys is to keep that content current and uh, you know I see more and more demand for us to provide uh, sort of push updates or change updates right to the e-commerce platform uh, you know in days ago there used to always be a uh an ingestion of the product content into the ERP system first, and then it would be pushed out to the e-commerce platform. Uh, nowadays, uh, many distributors are trying to push that latest uh, version of content right to the storefront, right to that platform. Mm-hmm. And they oftentimes have separate databases. But, uh you know, some of the content that that David just described is is becoming more and more used online, you know, because it's not just about buying product online. It's about researching product, about educating on implementation, installation. Videos are really hot. Um, So everything that, uh, you know, that you, you might do as a, as a homeowner going out to research a product, you know, contractors and manufacturers are doing all of that work online with their distributor customer, distributor vendors today.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: So, um, it just continues to grow. It seems like the, 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 the amount of content that's, that's, that's demanded and required is just growing exponentially.
0: David, you mentioned just before it kind of perked my interest. Uh, you talked about search engine keywords and, and obviously other marketing techniques, but, uh, I hadn't really thought that through before, but that sounds pretty, you know, sounds pretty, pretty important when you get into this whole on thing. So that is a, a service that they provide and, do, and distributors and manufacturers realize just how uh, important that could be for, for, in helping distributors or excuse me, in helping end users find their particular websites and the products that they offer.
1: Yeah. There's not only that. Uh, Jim, but, um, you need to, you need to be able to provide keywords that the uh, contractors use. So you've got some parsing to deal with as well. And all of these things, uh, we're going, we're reaching out. In fact, we reach out periodically to our distributors and ask them, uh, because our manufacturers want to know what, what is it important? Uh, rather than tell us you want all the data, tell us specifically what you're actually using for your e-commerce sites. And so we send out, uh, we do conduct surveys with some of our users to be able to provide that information uh, back to the manufacturers so that they're getting what they need. And that,
0: that's a, that's a whole new, that's a whole new arena for, for our business for sure. You know, as we kind of uh, start to wrap things up for today, I always like to ask our, our, our guests, you know, if you could uh, kind of put on your forecaster hat for a little bit, look, look out into the, uh, future uh, a year or two if you had all your let's say if your distributor users and maybe even potentially you users you had them all in the room for about 20 minutes what would you like to tell them about your short-term goals and aspirations for the service you offer distributors also uh, if you on the same idea what, about for the manufacturers, what would you want, want to be able to tell them and uh, that you want to have them lined line up for them over the next uh, year or two
1: well, Jim, you're at, I love these two part questions. So uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm sure, and I'm sure Mike loves the way that I hand off the second part of these questions <laughs> to Mike. But let me end on the first part, and that's the short term goals. And the first thing I'd like to reaffirm to a distributor is IDEA's commitment to its mission. And that is we want to assume and maintain a leadership position in facilitating the exchange of complete high-quality transactional and e-commerce content. And that includes uh, serving as the electric industry standards body uh, and setting, facilitating, monitoring data standards. Second, I would want to say uh, and emphasize is we're committed to providing distributor customers with clean, structured, quality data, data they can use with as little handling and manipulation as possible. They just want to be able – to ha- get the data and put it on their websites. And short-term or longer-term, we do plan to provide a data integrity and completion dashboards and reports mm-hmm. to help ensure and, main, uh, ensure and maintain the quality of the data that's exchanged. Now, we have to be careful, I think, about the word quality. Uh, typically, we mean completion. It, it, it's hard uh, to monitor whether an image is blurred or not. But what we have done, and we're in the process, so we'll we'll be um, releasing here shortly, is we're going to have a data integrity hub where our our customers can actually, through our connector, alert manufacturers specifically what is uh, incomplete or blurred or the image isn't there, and they can go directly to the manufacturer and the manufacturer Uh, We'll have people obviously designated to receive these uh, alerts, and then they can respond through the system back to the distributor. And then, of course, if you have the problem with one distributor notices a problem with an image, it probably exists for everyone. And so we will then be working to put out a notification that lets the manufacturer let distributors know that it's been corrected. Uh, and we will track this. This is what we hope to be able to provide uh both in the short term and the, and the dashboards and reports longer term. I don't know if Mike, that's the distributor side. And Mike, do you want to go any further than that? Or uh you're certainly welcome to.
2: No, I would just add that, you know, on the manufacturing side, I think what we're seeing is, uh, you know, a, a lot of development and research being done in, in, developing new tools to make it easier for this product information, this enriched information to flow from the manufacturer to, uh, through idea to, to the distributor or end user. And automation is the key. There are, there are techniques and, 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 uh, utilities that we're developing that will make it easier and easier for that to happen. And, um, you know, I mean, really where I see things going with both distributors and manufacturers is digitize everything, automate everything, uh, because certainly one thing we've learned in the last year is that we do have the capacity to increase the efficiency in the way we do business. Uh, you know, we've all been pretty remote and, and in most cases, uh, you know, businesses are, are still uh, you know, thriving uh, because we've learned how to use different tools, just like this tool, or you know, Z- Zoom meetings or whatever. Um, you know, the whole industry has has learned a whole new way of interacting with with their customers, and you know, the the tools that we provide and the content we provide is is just fuel for the engine in some cases, and we see that fuel being expanded. And distributed in more areas of, of automation where maybe we've had processes in the past that were sort of partially automated like rebates and things like that we see uh the the content and the centralized hub that we've created as playing a bigger role in that in the future
1: yeah jim if i can amplify uh, real quick you've asked us to summarize and i i really appreciate it i, I think uh, we don't want to tag along. We, we want to provide products and services uh, that the industry uh, needs. So we want to uh, be the industry's standards body. We are a single source of data. We want to take a leadership position in simplifying data loading, data management, data extraction, which is what uh, Mike was uh, talking about. Uh, and we plan to work closely with our manufacturer partners to help anticipate their future needs uh, as well as their concerns and then prescribe and implement a path forward. So uh, in, for me, in closing, um, an example of this is what I alluded to earlier. Uh, in concert with the Product Data Standards Task Force and Data Agility, uh, we've been working on a process. Uh, it's a, really a proof of concept. Uh, for translating multiple standards, ETIM, UNSPSC, E-Class, GTIM, and any others, into a harmonized data model uh, via the IDEA connector so that manufacturers can download data in one taxonomy and their authorized distributors can receive it in another. And with that comes uh, normalization and harmonization so that uh, We get to the point where we're providing, exchanging clean data that can be used without much manipulation or handling. That's where we're headed.
0: David and Mike, I think you've provided a great overview here for our listeners on ideas direction. Mike just mentioned about the data and content being fuel for the engine. It made me think about what has often been said, that you have data and then you have information. From our chat today, I think our listeners will get a good sense of how the idea team is making sure the data and the idea connector is valuable information. I'd like to thank Sonya Coleman and Rena Munch for getting Electrical Wholesale on Idea Schedule and certainly David Oldfather and Mike Wentz for being so gracious with their time. I'd also like to thank Ellie Coggins, our associate editor, who so ably always handles the auto for our po- podcast. And I'd like to thank our listeners for coming in once again and listening to one of our EW Executive Insights podcast. We've got a bunch more planned for the rest of the year, so keep an eye out for them. Have a great day.